welcome to the way of the womb podcast my name is beck i'm your host and i'm a trauma-informed holistic birthing doula womb worker and earth lover i am here to support you and all womb owners whether that's through your monthly cycles and navigating the everyday or whether that's to support your journey through the rite of passage of pregnancy and birth my passion is to support souls to come home to themselves so you can connect back to your innate power, your intuition and the wisdom of your body so you can feel empowered and live your truth. On this platform, we will be discussing periods, pregnancy, plant medicine, birth, trauma, mental health, spirituality, earth to body connection and everything in between. This is a place for conscious souls to gather so that together we can heal, thrive and live authentically, unapologetically as ourselves. This is the Way of the Womb podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to season two of the podcast. I have Megan on and also little Lexi as well. Megan, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm Lexi. Um, I'm Lexi. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about you? Um, how many babies you have? How old they are? Just a little bit about where you are, what you're up to. Um, so I am 27 and I have three babies. Um, I have Lil, who is nearly two in March, and then I've got Logan and Lexi, who are twins. Um, we wanted them close in age, but obviously we weren't expecting to get two for the price of one. So we've ended up going from two, just like floating about, and now all of a sudden we're just a built-in family of five, like two years, which has been amazing and <laughs> a crazy ride so yeah amazing and how old are Luke and Alexi they are five months nearly oh beautiful so obviously that means that you birthed Luke and Alexi during everything going on and um, we're in the UK and so everything going on during the COVID pandemic yeah mm, and would you mind sharing a little bit about that journey no, definitely. I mean, it was a completely different process and a completely different um, journey than when I had Lily because obviously with Lily, we could just go out everywhere. Um, for, like I felt so healthy with Lily. I felt so amazing. You know, um, I really did kind of feel like Mother Earth. I know it's cliche, but everyone's like, you're glowing. And oh, I love <laughs> that. that. Just, you know, an amazing, amazing time. And then obviously when I was pregnant with Logan and Lexi, it was during all of the, you know, negative news, the fear of coronavirus, the kind of, um, so I think like that, the, the actual pregnancy itself was sort of, there was a lot more fear around it and a lot more um, sort of anxiety about, you know, about the actual birth and process and about, I think you can wake yourself up a little bit about, you know, um, the thought of going through it maybe on your own or not having the birth and support. Um, and obviously a lot of the support and groups that I'd taken full advantage of when I was pregnant with Lily had all been cut right back because of the pandemic so um yeah it was a very very different experience yeah I can imagine and understandably with everything going on with it being so much more kind of worry and anxiety around it because it is kind of the unknown and you know with everything the rules changing constantly and the government 
putting new guidelines out and obviously I've heard as well that there's a lot of different hospitals and different kinds of places are doing things so differently yeah. um we moved as well so halfway through and um, well not even halfway through actually literally three weeks before the game um wow. we moved house so we were in Ludlow which was like this tiny tiny little village um in the middle of nowhere with you know nearest big maternity hospitals were like 40 minutes away and so they were very very different in terms of their support and they like they completely scaled back all of the um she's just saying hello (laughs) (laughs) scaled back all of their resources Um, and then when we moved back here I transferred to Ormsgate Hospital so I was obviously a lot more local and they were a lot more hands-on and a lot more I think because obviously it was the later stage to the pregnancy as well um I literally moved back when we were like 32 weeks and then when I was 36 weeks so it was like so intense where we just moved back they literally just booked onto the system and then they came (laughs) um but yeah it was totally different because obviously they had different regulations about who could attend and who could be part of things and then when we moved here um on scale we're a little bit more relaxed about um what needs to have your birthing partner with yeah which was definitely a good thing amazing and with your first birth with lily um so you had a hospital birth with lily and with the twins yeah, well, with Lily, like I say, I literally felt amazing the entire time that I was pregnant and I really, really enjoyed the pregnancy. Um, and I knew that I was fine and I knew that I was healthy. But basically, I went for a few scans and they were saying that she was growing small and they were kind of, um, they said that my placenta was lying low. And so all throughout the pregnancy, they were saying, um, because your placenta is lying low, we, we, you may end up having to have a cesarean. Um, and then I got to 36 weeks and it just moved up by itself. So then I was like, okay, you know, now I can, I can birth the other way. And so that'll be nice. And then, um, two weeks before she was due, they said, she's growing really small. So, you know, there is an option for us to induce you early. Um, and I think that especially first time around, you, you're obviously sort of at the hands of the medical professionals. So you sort of go along with what, um, with what they say. And even though I felt really healthy and I felt like I'd taken care of myself so well during pregnancy and I'd, you know, not missed a vitamin. <laughs> I, um, I, I was like, okay, yeah, fine. You know, like we'll, we'll get, like, I'll get induced and that's fine. Um, and then, yeah, they said that she was only six pound one and that she was growing really small. And then she was eight pounds, big massive whopper and <laughs> absolutely perfectly healthy, nothing wrong. Um, but yeah, I was induced in hospital and then I ended up yeah that's really interesting um when they you know are saying you know you're measuring this like you know may need induction do you feel like there was a lot of fear for you around that um no I mean I think when you get to the later stages of pregnancy you can't have anything to come anyway so your natural impatience takes over and you are like oh if I can have it now then you know that'll be amazing rather than having to wait um but I definitely think that you know, I tr- like I trusted my body. I knew that everything was okay, and I knew in myself that she was perfectly healthy. But when they said that, I was like, "Well, you obviously have information that I don't." So you know, if that's what you think is the best is the best situation, and I think like with that, there's no right or wrong. You know, I think that there is a lot of pressure on mums to sort of have this really natural birth and this really kind of you know so called natural. Um, and obviously, once you experience it, like 
no matter what, no matter how you bake your baby, you leave everything on the table and you sort of, you go through such a process to get to get your baby and the twins were cesarean. So I, now that I've experienced both different ways, I wouldn't say that I feel any differently towards my birth with Lily than I do with the twins. Like, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I couldn't have given more to, our, you know, to both births and to both processes. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's one thing. There is a lot of pressure around it. Mm, definitely and I think as well um you know way we we call natural birth like anywhere you birth your baby is natural anywhere you give birth is natural because you are birthing life that's what we're here to do and yeah it's interesting do you did you have a doula at all or anything with Lily no with Lily I literally we listened to some hypnobirthing podcasts um and I was absolutely adamant that I was going to have a water birth and I was going to be like mother earth and it was going to be really really spiritual and um and then obviously when I was induced it became really hospitalized really quickly mm-hmm. um and I think that one of the things that I would probably recommend to new mums is I made such a specific plan of how I wanted things to be and you know and I really wanted like that spirituality to be part of it I wanted it to be like calm environment and um you know like music playing and we made this playlist and we had all these songs on and um, mine were all like really really nice like Eva Cassidy and things like this and then she put on like the Braveheart theme tune and I was like imagine <laughs> the Braveheart theme tune was playing like <laughs> it was just a bit awful um but yeah like and then once it became hospitalized and I was induced I think that a lot of that just completely went out the window and what mm. I would say is you know you can cherry pick and have certain aspects it doesn't have to go exactly to the letter how you planned it but you know even if you just put in a few of those things that you'd said like if I'd have you know carried on and even just had headphones in and listened to a little bit of music it would have probably just made me laugh when I heard Braveheart and it would have just brought a little bit of that plan in um but yeah it seemed like I just let it all come out the window <laughs> yeah I mean, you know, especially first-time mums, like you did amazing with the information you were being told. And as a doula, um, what we kind of, well, no, what I kind of do if I'm speaking to clients or first-time mums, oh, the baby's smiling at me, um, speaking to first-time mums is, you know, creating rather than a birth plan, a birth intention, so this is my intention and how can you know covering every kind of scenario that could could possibly happen so that in each scenario you can still bring in the things that you want to give birth in your own way with your own kinds of you know bringing your own elements to it like the music like you said so you know discussing okay if you were to go to have belly birth or cesarean you can do this, you can still have music, we can still bring this in, this element in. Um, if you go for an induction, you can still do this and, you know, bringing all them little bits in so you can still feel like you're, you have control, you know? 
Okay, yeah, I think that would definitely be really helpful because I think when you try and plan it too structured, then anything that happens outside of this perfect plan that you've got in your head, it can really throw you off. And I think, um, you know, if you put a lot of pressure on the situation for it to be a certain way, then when certain things happen, you know, you can literally just kind of be like, this is not what I have planned and this is not how, and it can really make you, you know, close up to the experience. Um, but like with Lily, you know, even though it wasn't what I had in my mind and it wasn't this kind of, beautiful water bath you know I wasn't kind of like floating like a mermaid while she just emerged out the water it was still an incredible experience and it was something that obviously me and Stu went through together and you know it was like a really amazing experience that I wouldn't change because of obviously Emily at the end as well but you know I think if it had happened all exactly perfectly then it's just not real life is it you know I think that there is a, a, a certain rawness and a certain kind of realism to the situation that no matter how much you try to plan or put intentions for there is still an element of it that is unknown because until you've been through it you know you really you really don't know what it's like until you you know you experience that of course definitely and with um your birth with lily um so would you mind kind of yeah sharing your story of your of our lily's birth yeah, um, so I was induced and basically I think with first time mums they think that you're going to take a really long time to dilate um, and so they they were sort of like, you know, you're probably going to be in here for two or three days, make yourself a home kind of thing. Um, but I think one of the things to think about is to ask, which is something that you said to me when obviously this time around I had a lot more support from you and we were talking this through beforehand and it's definitely really good advice is speak to your mom or you know if you or your aunties maybe or grandparents or anybody that might have gone through birth and speak to them about their experiences because sometimes there can be a lot of similarities in terms of how your mother birth to how you birth um so like with my mom she was like I dilated super quickly and you know nearly ended up giving birth in the hospital corridor kind of thing and then with me as soon as I I was induced I was like it's literally just gone from zero to a hundred and um I dilated within like three hours and the nurse was kind of like oh no that doesn't happen you know you're going to be in here for quite a while I was like no honestly like please can you check because like there's a lot happening <laughs> I'm really sure about this um so yeah it's definitely helpful to get some experience from people around you who even silly things like I've got a tilted back pelvis and my mum's got the exact same thing so obviously that in terms of like the position that you might choose to birth in it's helpful to speak to to family members because there can be certain I mean not all of it's hereditary but there can be certain things that once you've got that experience or that that knowledge from them you can put it into your own plan or your own um process and it can make things a bit easier yeah definitely and as well speaking to you know our mums or grandmothers or people that have birthed in our kind of lineage and in our family lines, we can also see if a pattern starts to emerge as well um, around birth trauma. So, you know, if someone has experienced a birth trauma, that may be something that trauma is then passed down to their daughter and their daughter after them. And you may feel like an overwhelming sense of, some people may experience an overwhelming sense of fear um, around a certain thing to do with birth, which is not actually their own. So bringing that to light and actually being able to create space around that and being like, oh, that's not my story. Um, and this is how they choose to birth, but how can I 
create this more for me rather than just adding to the same story as well you know there's so much in that and I think sometimes as well people are really really keen when you're pregnant to tell you the horror stories a little bit and you know they absolutely love sort of sharing the entire process and um which in a way it's kind of fascinating and you know it is good to hear other people's stories and I think when you can get experience or knowledge but not the horror stories I mean nobody needs to hear you know and I think no matter how how it happens as well there's a certain beauty in it and like I say my first experience with Lily was a lot more raw than I was expecting but it was still it was still a really beautiful experience and it was still um you know we felt like like especially for sure and I because it was the first time we were both going through it together so we felt so connected and you know there was like certain things in it like just beforehand I was being sick quite a lot and he was there like helping me and cleaning up after me and and we I felt so connected to him you know like you see for better or worse and all that kind of thing and I think until you go through something like that with someone um you don't really know how you're gonna handle it how they're gonna handle it and you know as you get older if you ever did fall Mm -hmm. ill or anything like that you want to know that you've got someone by your side who will be quite happy to clean up your yeah definitely <laughs> yeah it's not a pretty thing it's not beautiful but at the end of it you have such a profound respect for each other I think and you know you've been through that together and you've got to the end of it and you, there is a certain sort of satisfaction and appreciation and a really deep sense of we went through that and we battled through it together and even if it does become a little bit of a battle rather than a beautiful water birth process mm-hmm. you definitely end up with something really really memorable that you can kind of sometimes when you're driving me nuts I think can you double half me and I'll let you yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely and I think what you've said about people sharing stories um that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast is hearing people's birth stories and their own experiencing experiences and hearing how, you know, although it may not be, you know, it didn't go according to the birth plan um, exactly how you may have imagined it. There's so much empowerment and, you know, love and beauty in it. Um, and I think that's super important. Also choosing birthing partners as well um did you find it difficult to choose who you wanted present for your births um no I mean obviously I definitely wanted to do that and that was a given but then there was a, a case of like do you have your mom in do you have you know your sister like my sister's trying to be a nurse and she's absolutely you know she loves kind of to know the ins and outs of everything she wants to be really part of everything and she's funny and you know so there was a part of me that was thinking like oh it would kind of be an incredible experience for her to see that and for her to be there but then you know I think that in the end I was like I'd rather just keep it to me and still and then my mum drove up and she was sat in the waiting room and she was on hands like straight away so as soon as um, Lily was born she was outside to kind of take all the pictures and do everything um but yeah I think it is definitely important to think about who you want in there and you know um how how it will be for you and if you know not to feel any pressure um to have certain people in because I think some people are quite keen like some people's mums I know I've spoken to people and they've been like oh my mum really wanted to be in and my mum's totally like whatever you think is best mm-hmm. I'm on board with kind of thing which is helpful massively helpful because you know you don't need any additional pressure because it is yeah. quite a big big deal um but yeah, we went for just me and Stu, and to be honest, I think that was probably the best way because it was something that was really kind of 
sacred for us and it was just our experience and the fact that they were outside was amazing because then they got to sort of take all the first pictures and I think she was a little bit child shocked so like I don't think we'd have ended up with any pictures of us afterwards if they hadn't been on hand because mm-hmm. um, you know, like we were the parents were just like what just happened <laughs> we've just had a baby yeah and she was like I'll take loads of pictures of you and you know like let me see how and all this kind of thing of this she was just sat there like oh, what did we do wow. and especially you know if you do birth quickly um there has been you know in induction it can can kind of be how you would progress in without an induction his can be more of the surges and the ebb and flow and the building up whereas sometimes with induction you can just kind of go from down here to up there without any kind of progression um which can kind of as you said the medical intervention that came after that is quite common in an induction and so also just preparing for that beforehand and being able to say you know if okay I'm getting inducted I'm going to prepare that this might be the case but also it might go completely the opposite way and I actually might be here for a few days and just bringing in you know that element of you so you're still taking control and owning that part of your birth do you feel yeah well, I think you... one of the things is because they said to us like you might be in for three you know for three days or so um we bought a pack of uno and we were like we're gonna be sat in the hospital we're gonna we had all these things that we really wanted to watch before the baby came so we downloaded all these things on the ipad and we were like this is gonna be lovely and then literally we were in there for like five hours or something and she was there mm-hmm. and then um, while I was like obviously labor she was like do you want to play you know <laughs> and I was like ah! yeah put Braveheart on and get the you know out I love it <laughs> what we were thinking <laughs> so good and when when you were birthing Lily would you mind um sharing a little bit about the actual birth itself and how you felt within yourself and the process and yeah like I say, I think the first time it was just so much more raw than I expected and it was um it was different to what I think when you see it on a movie or something like that, you see it and you know, they, they sort of have the first few twinges and then all of a sudden this perfect bundle of joy that's all washed and clean just like appears and you know, I think it is very very glorified the whole process, um, which is nice in a way, <laughs> but it's not real life and I think that when you oh sorry, I'll just get back to hey, I'm just talking about Lil and then he jumped in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that when you go through it, it is it is very different to what you expect. But like I say, for me, it was it was really quick. Um, the, the staff were incredible. I know that obviously I had wanted it to be a little bit more, with a little bit less medical invention. Um, but they were, they were amazing and they were kind of like helpful and um, there was one doctor who came in and she literally, I'd met her a few times beforehand, um, I'd met her a few times beforehand, she was called Dr Gano and um, obviously because it all happened so quickly I did feel a, a little bit of a sense of panic and I was like oh maybe I'm not going to be able to, to like do it and you know finish it off and she just came in and she literally looked me in the eyes and she was like Megan you've got this. And as soon as she said that, I was like, I've got this. And then, you know, and I think because I met her beforehand and stuff as well, and she was a female doctor and she was just incredible. She just said exactly what I needed to hear at exactly the right time. And then within two minutes, um, 
she was out and you know and, and she was right I did have it and I think that mm. you definitely learn to trust your body in a way that you never have had to before so when you were actually in that process and the doctor came over and said that to you and um, how do you remember how long you were pushing for before Lily came outside um I was probably actually in the delivery room for about 40 minutes so it was really really quick um which was amazing really especially first time first time around like it can be anything it can be anything you know a really long process or a really quick process um but I think that because it was so quick there was almost a little sense of like we didn't really have time to process it so all of a sudden they just like held up this baby and we were like oh you know and I think that's another thing like some people some people say afterwards, like my dad was saying, oh, I cried my eyes out and it was the most beautiful experience and all this kind of thing. And so I think that Stu definitely felt a certain pressure to instantly have this, you know, like really crying and this certain reaction. And we were both, because it just happened so quickly and it was, you know, not what we were expecting and not what we'd sort of planned for. And so we were both just like, uh, 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 <laughs> you know, and we didn't, I don't think there was that kind of, definitely for me as for me as well there wasn't that straight away moment of like you know and then as soon as they all left the room and then you're left with this little baby and then she went on my chest and we did skin to skin and she started feeding and then I kind of looked down at her and I was like like you're my baby and you know we've just been through this this whole process and and now you're here and you know and, and it was only then it was only after sort of she'd probably been alive for like 30 minutes or whatever that I suddenly had that real connection with her with her like you know oh my god I can't believe that we've just been through that so and then after I'd had like that moment with her then she did some skin to skin with her as well and then he kind of like sat in the chair and looked down at her and was like oh, you know you're here and and you know and he had this like really like lovely moment with her and I was like oh look at you <laughs> I was in the bed just like oh my god this is so amazing and oh, really dramatic but but yeah I think when they very first held her up the pair of us were just like uh, <laughs> what do we do like you know yeah. and then they left the room and then afterwards we were trying to get a dress and she was just so tiny and we were petrified of like you know putting the wrong clothes on her or like how we were going to dress her and and yeah and then obviously it all comes and you learn how to do everything and you you know it's it's amazing but definitely that initial stage there's no right or wrong way to react you don't have to instantly have these amazing tears and be like oh you know like it, it comes it doesn't it doesn't matter when it comes but it comes and you just know you just know what to do you know how to have them you know how to love them and you know you know what they need from you without them having to tell you you just know yeah oh that's so beautiful I love that love that so much and how do you know how long after it was until the delivery of placenta um pretty much pretty quick I think I think it was within like 20 minutes but obviously mm-hmm. you still go through that as well so that's another thing it's not like as if yeah. you know the process is finished so I think that's why it takes until after um when when you do have that quiet moment alone for you to for you to sort of feel like that real connection um but yeah I think it was pretty quickly but they offered me an injection in my leg and said you know we can we can deliver it straight away um if that's something that you want and at the time I, I said yeah because it didn't really obviously this this second time around I've spoken to you a lot more and I've been a lot more um in touch with 
that sort of spiritual side of it so I don't know if it's necessarily something that I would have said yes to again but at the time I just said yeah and it came up straight away so um, I did delay the cord, clamp, the cord clamping um, so I tried to to sit them to keep the placenta connected to Lil um, for a little bit longer and then obviously we did skin to skin just after which was another thing that you know I thought about beforehand that I definitely wanted to do um, but yeah there's other things that this time around I didn't get the chance to do um, because of obviously the move and everything like that but I'd, had I have spoken to you earlier and sorted everything out earlier I would have liked to have um, maybe had some placenta capsules and um, I know that a lot of people have had them and have really you know had positive results from them and said that it made them feel a lot better afterwards and um, so yeah that's definitely something that I would have probably liked to look into a bit more um, mm. earlier if I'd have had you on hand earlier. <laughs> <laughs> well next one. <laughs> I'm around I'll be so prepared. <laughs> Love it. With um, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, anything could happen, anything could happen, and um, what I was gonna say about what you've just said actually about how you did your skin to skin and you did the cord clamping, like them things that you're able to, although the birth wasn't what you initially planned, you were still able to bring them elements if, of it in, which is what you wanted like taking back that part of your birth and reclaiming that um did you feel like that was like quite a a big thing for you to be able to at least cultivate you know um or bring in parts of it although it didn't go to full plan yeah definitely and that's that's what I mean like you know it doesn't have to be exactly to the letter of what you had in your mind but there can be those certain elements that you're really really set on um that you can kind of make sure happen um and when you go into the room you know like maybe telling your birth and partner beforehand this is something that I'm really really set on like I definitely want to get into skin or I definitely want you know anything that you're absolutely sure of um because obviously in that moment oh you okay Hey. Oh, you're down the wrong hole. <laughs> Feeding babies. You're the only breastfeeding podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear all about breastfeeding as well? Did you breastfeed with Lil? Yeah, yeah, until she was um, 13 months. And then obviously I was pregnant. So, so yeah, I had to then stop probably. Oh, there you go. Is that better? <laughs> and then that. <laughs> is just a whole new level of juggling that I did not know I was capable of. <laughs> mm, so you've been tandem breastfeeding with the um, twins, well, when they were first born, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, which is better in some ways, but obviously you just have to get in the right position. And again, you know, when I was pregnant with the twins, there was so much fear around it. I was like, I'm never going to be able to even hold two babies at the same time, never mind feeding them. And, you know, and then obviously after a couple of weeks, you just learn you just you, your body adapts and you just suddenly learn how to do all these things that you thought were totally impossible um, and all of a sudden you're like walking around feeding one baby carrying another baby checking your phone like cooking dinner you just learn to juggle and wow. yeah suddenly kind of develop skills that you didn't even know you needed yeah that's really amazing just shows you the power um of also that instinctual part that kicks in Oh yeah, definitely. Amazing. And sometimes as well, you know, especially obviously with having three under two, like 
just taking a little moment, taking a deep breath and being like, they will be fine. I've got this. I can do this. You know, just go to whoever seems to need you the most and just kind of like, you know, go through one at a time and sorting things out. And instead of getting so overwhelmed and being like, they've all got to be perfect all the time and no crying and, you know, just kind of going through and being like, okay, now you're sorted. Now I'll focus on you and then it's your turn and, you know, constantly talking to the babies and telling them. And like, I always try and even if I can't get to one of them because I'm busy feeding the other one, I'm like, you know, I'm coming now, I'm just doing this and just, doing, and, you know, use that like to try to soothe them because I think at least you explain it to them and you tell them that you're coming mm-hmm. fast as you can. So mm-hmm. yeah, just trying not to get overwhelmed by it, even though sometimes, yeah. but yeah, it's definitely just knowing that they, they will stop crying. They will, yeah. they will settle, they will, as soon as, you know, you do the right thing, you can try everything, you can be, like, feeding them, changing them, burping them, doing all kinds of things, and you're like, oh, I can't, I can't settle you, and then all of a sudden they'll do something, and they're just completely fine, you're like, okay, now, like, yeah. press the right button, and that's it, you're okay. Yeah, definitely, and um, with your birth with Logan and Lexi, was it a pre-planned, um, belly birth that you went in for now um so I again had all these intentions of <laughs> having completely natural and um, once as well as birth I was like I've been through it once obviously um with Lily I think because of the intervention I thought the second time around I was like no I definitely don't need anything um I'll be completely fine and then went into the hospital and obviously this was now all during the pandemic um so I went in and having contractions and they were like three minutes apart so um I thought right obviously it happened so quickly the first time around with Lily better get to the hospital Um, we drove down and they checked and they said oh no you're not dilated yet you're like you are having these tightenings um every three minutes and there's definitely something happening but you're not dilated yet so settle yourself in you know birth and partner has to go home sent you home um and then I was sat on the ward and he left at seven o'clock I sat down put my fluffy socks on got myself all ready I was like you know obviously by this point we've got Lily who's like 18 months so I was like I'll watch some television I'll like settle myself in I'll have some hospital food it'll be really nice um and then the tightening's carried on like getting more and more intense and I was like oh you know obviously they said I'm not even dilated yet so I'm just gonna have to like keep going with this um so at nine o'clock I was like um, can you just come and check me because I think you know there's definitely hey that was a very gentlemanly <laughs> um so at nine o'clock I was like can you come and check me because you know I think like things are starting to progress a little bit they are getting a lot closer together um so the doctor came in and he was like oh um you're nine centimeters so we'll have to get you to the delivery room and, and I was like oh well, that's being really dramatic oh no like I'm so happy about this right come on let's go like punch you you know, let's, let's go, we've got this. And then I think, again, because it had happened so quickly and because I'd deleted really, really fast, um, they said that Lexi, her heart had started to, like, fluctuate. Her heart levels were dipping in and out and, um, and they, so they were going low and then really high and stuff like that. So I think just because it had just come on like a ton of bricks again and it was, it was like, quite a, an intense and quick labour, um, they said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have to consider a cesarean um so I was like okay like I think you know again 
I'd been speaking to you a lot beforehand and I'd sort of done a lot of the podcasts and a lot of the breathing podcasts and a lot of the, and because I'd done a lot of that, I think that even though the plans had changed this time, um, I was still trying to put some of them techniques, like just the breathing techniques and the staying calm and that, so instead of being really overwhelmed by the situation, I was just like, okay, whatever's the best way for the babies to come is the way that they will come. And, you know, if if this is what's going to happen, then that's completely fine. Um, so they phoned Stu and he made a mad dash back, um, took me into the room. And to be honest, I think because you can't have your support network as, you know, closely in the hospital with you, um, you can't, as soon as you get into the delivery room, you can have your birthing partner with you. So it's not like as if you're on your own for the actual main you know for the actual process or anything like that it's just those really early initial stages um which can be daunting if you're a first-time mom but you know you you will get somebody in with you as soon as you're going to actually give birth um so yeah they phoned him and they were like you need to come in straight away um but all the staff were just absolutely incredible I think because they know that you're on your own and because they know that it's a nerve-wracking process and they were literally every single one of them came over introduced themselves they were like you know like you're doing amazing you know you're, you're staying so calm like you've got this they were literally every single one of them like told me their names told me like you know like chatting to me and so they really calmed the situation down which I was so grateful for um and then yeah Stu came in at so they said to me, they said, we can try and force that slogan out because obviously you're already dilated. So you're basically like ready, you know, we can try and force that him out, but then you might have to have a cesarean with Lexi. Um, but I was like, to be honest, I don't want intervention both ways. Like I'd rather just have one way or another, you know, if you think that she's possibly going to need to go out anyway, then I'd rather just do that. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, so then literally she walked in and he was like there was like 15 people around you it was like a scene off scrubs or something because they had to have two doctors for me two doctors for logan two doctors for lexi because obviously mm. we've been there and then they had to have like an anesthetist they had to have um just all kinds of nurses the the maternity um midwife was there so there was just a room full of people so I think when he walked in he was like oh. um but again they all went over to him they were like you know like come on in like don't worry you know we're gonna really look after her like we're gonna look after the twins she's been amazing she stayed so calm and all that kind of thing so they were amazing with him as well really and amazing that's really positive really really positive because you know there's so much I think people as we said before people like to tell kind of horror stories and I don't know why people like to share them but they do um and I feel like it's really important for the to to speak about the positive side of things and you know you were able to hold yourself in that moment even though you had gone through the majority of the process alone unfortunately due to covid you were able to hold yourself at that time and being able to stay calm and yeah just get yourself into that zone is really really amazing um would you what would you say would be your main source of advice for people that are birthing during a pandemic that may be faced with spending a lot of time alone um i think probably you can't have your birthing partner with you for those early early stages so maybe things like 
you know, bring in some TV shows that you watch together that, you know, they do the silly accents for or things that make you laugh, things that you can relate to, to your birth partner or to people that you would want to be with, yeah. Um, keep your phone on, you know, text people, phone people, speak to people, treat, you know, treat it as a little bit of a, just a, a time space just for you before the baby comes. Maybe write a little letter to the baby, do something to take your mind off it to kind of really you know make yourself feel better because there was a woman opposite me and um, she literally was not violating at all hadn't violated and then she, they, they, she was like starting to get a little bit upset and a little bit anxious and in the end they were like do you mind if a birthing partner comes in and I was like no absolutely not like you know it's the first time she's going through this get her in I don't mind I'm over here you know do what she needs to do kind of thing and within literally half an hour she'd gone from not dilated at all to four sentences and she was ready to go down to the delivery suite and it was purely because she'd relaxed into that moment and she kind of you know she knew that he was there then so she felt differently about it um so yeah I think if you, the more you can relax it sounds silly because it is you know a nerve-wracking process and you're excited and there's all these emotions but the more you can relax the more that it happens quicker and the more that it progresses and you know, and, and one of the things that they said to me beforehand was like comedy and like silly things. Like I bought these fluffy socks beforehand and she was taking them out of me being like, are you really going to walk around the hospital and then fluffy socks? So when I was in the room on my own and I was putting the fluffy socks on, I was like laughing to myself thinking, oh my God, what do I look like? Like why, whatever made me buy these stupid fluffy socks? But it's little things like that that, you know, you can positively relate to. Mm-hmm. And then it makes you makes it easier in that moment um and another thing is like it will definitely be fine like all through my pregnancy I was so panicky about having to have a cesarean it was one of the things that I really didn't want and a lot of people say and I think the fact that it's called an emergency cesarean you know you automatically have negative connotations with it um but to be honest it was amazing it was it was an incredible process and it was like it was so quick it was so you know and there's nothing like hearing that first cry like Honestly, I can't even describe the the feeling. And I think because there's more of an intensity and there was all these people around and then you just hear the cry and then there was three minutes wait and we were like, oh, is everything okay? And you know, and then we heard Lexi cry and we were like, oh my God, like this is just incredible. And then they brought them over there and and yeah, and it wasn't as scary as we thought and it wasn't as in- intimidating and you know, and, and all the people that were in there were there to look after us, like they were they were an amazing team. They were there for me and for my babies. And, you know, no matter what, no matter how you, you do it, you do leave everything on the table. You give everything to the babies. And it doesn't matter whether that's, you know, one way or the other. It's it's, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I love that so much. And I'll definitely go through it again. <laughs> you what, sorry? Yeah, I'll definitely go through it again. Oh, amazing. So today, kind of have the screen up and then lift the babies up for you and shoot to see yeah yeah and again um i'd said beforehand i really wanted to do skin to skin um so they brought them around like um put them both on put them both on my chest and then they took them to like wrap them to keep them warm because they were premature um so yeah so they like have to then wrap them up quite quickly afterwards but obviously we'd still have that moment even if it was briefly um but yeah i mean with logan because what happens is lexi pinned and went breach so with logan they literally just kind of like brought him over there kind of put him really quick really quickly behind me and then had to take him while they were then trying to focus on lexi and so again you know i didn't get that same skin to skin time with him but 
I don't feel any differently towards him as I do towards the girls. Like it's it's not like as if it affected our London process or there's plenty of time to have skin to skin with them and to, you know, so even if that doesn't happen and there are certain things that you're really set on that you don't end up getting, don't kind of beat yourself up about it or don't mm-hmm. feel any guilt towards it because it's entirely up to you. You can do skin to skin with them whenever you want. You can, you know, they're your babies for forever. It's not like as if just because you haven't had that certain moment in that certain way, then, you know, you're not going to get that bond with them because you will, it will come. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And did you do any, I don't, I don't know if you did any, um, the cord clamping, did you, was it like immediate? Did you feel like you had any kind of, did it have any interaction on making a choice over that in, in that moment? Um, I know that Stu cut the clamp. That was something that we were quite strong. You know, we, we were, we wanted him to do it because it's just part of the process, isn't it? And I think like it was something that he, he really wanted to do. And um, so he cut the cord for all of them. Um, and they did delay it. They did delay it slightly. Um, but obviously because they were premature and because they were, they were tiny. Um, well, they weren't even tiny really for twins. They were six pounds. But obviously they had to get them wrapped up. They had to keep them warm. Um, so they they just said, like, we're going to have to back them up and we're going to have to speed things on along a little bit. Um, so we were like, you know, it's not necessarily what we had planned. It's not, we wanted to have the delay, we wanted to have, but we, in the, in that moment, you just do whatever is, mm. is the most beneficial and is that, you know, is going to, like, you wouldn't have a little baby being cold. So, you, so yeah, you just, yeah. just do what you think is the best thing in that moment and you make the right choice for Amazing. you. Amazing. Oh, I love that so much. And with a, with the twins obviously you breastfed um so was that kind of a straight away kind of like both of them or did you kind of how did you manage that I can imagine that same yeah a bit daunting at first yeah definitely it is a bit daunting um so I started breastfeeding and straight away Lexi latched on she's completely fine um but then Logan was a little bit he, he wasn't really latching on and I think because because I had got to nine sentences dilated and his head was really low down the entire time so he'd taken sort of a lot of the pressure and a lot of that intensity um so I think for him it was a little bit more like shell shock like obviously they've just been through quite a big quite a big experience of course yeah and so sometimes it can take a little bit a little bit longer for them to get into the swing of things um so at first I had to syringe feed them and you basically express the milk and you syringe it out and then you feed it to them that way um, and then yeah, we came home and um, Lexi started losing a bit too much weight, and obviously because she was only six pound two, um, so they said they suggested formula as well, formula top ups. Um, but what I was doing was I was expressing and I was like carrying on to feed her with the little syringe, which they don't recommend to do. But if she's gone into hospital, that is what they would have done as well. Um, so that is something where you can take the advice of the medical professionals, but you don't necessarily have to follow it to the letter of the law, you know, do what you think is the best thing. Um, and if you are, do you feel quite strongly that you want to receive, that you don't want to receive, that you, you know, go with what you think is the best thing. Um, and, you know, sometimes they can be like, oh no, if she's like, one of the midwives said to me, um, if she's getting syringe fed, then she should be in hospital. And I was like, well, you know, I'm a mom and I, I know that she needs these nutrients. And because she's so small, she needs to build up her strength to be able to, to feed from me. 
So if I feed her briefly, then she will get her strength up. And she did. And I, and I knew she would, and she did. And, you know, again, obviously, you can sometimes take a little bit too literally what the medical professionals say, and they're just speaking from their experience, their training, their, um, their own perspective. But, you know, you know yourself, you can do your own research about things, you can look up about to do what you think feels right as well. Um, and like I say, you know, I didn't, I, it just a personal choice. I didn't particularly want them to have formula because I breastfed Lily and because I was breastfeeding Logan, I didn't then want Lexi to have a lot of formula where, you know, there was there was differences between them all. So, so that was just something that we chose to do. Um, and yeah, they're all like, completely healthy, completely don't get colds, don't get sick, don't, you know, like, and again, even if they did, there'd be certain things where I wouldn't necessarily go straight for a medical approach now. Um, I'd probably look at different remedies, different kind of ways of, of trying to settle them and trying to soothe things rather than going straight down a, a medical route. Um, yeah. Amazing. I love that, yeah. And what where do you think that change was in going down whereas maybe in the past you said you maybe would have gone down the more medical route straight away and taking it as linear where do you think that change occurs within you to maybe do you think it was more tapping into that mother's intuition yeah definitely and I think one of the things when I was pregnant we did so much research about different things and one of the real things that stood out to me was that when you breastfeed your milk changes to meet your baby's needs so it, and I just think that is absolutely magic like if they are low in iron or if they're low in um calcium then your milk will specially adapt to meet their needs so you know I think that if our bodies can do that then there's obviously there's obviously more natural ways there's obviously more going on than we even understand um and that's why I was quite adamant that I really wanted to breastfeed because I just thought, you know, that's incredible. Obviously, formula, they get a, a healthy balance of everything. Um, one second, I'm going to So we've got both both twins with us now. Um, so we've we've had a little swap. We started with Lexi, we've moved to Logan. Now we've got both of them here. Um, so yeah, one of the last questions I wanted to ask is if you had any cravings as well throughout your pregnancies um i can't remember i think that i craved no not really not really i had more of a sweet tooth the second time around mm-hmm. and the first time around i was craving like I, like normally i don't really eat meat don't eat anything like that and i was craving like meat i literally like was like craving it um so i looked into what the meaning behind that was and it was iron deficiency um so i went to i went and got iron tablets and then obviously that went um so yeah there, there is like certain things where you know i mean sometimes babies can just be I'm pregnant and I just really want to do not. Um, but sometimes, sometimes cravings can be your body's way of trying to tell you that you need something um, or that, you know, you're lacking in a certain vitamin. Or, so, yeah, definitely listen to your cravings rather than just thinking, you know, oh, I'm just pregnant and, like, my body's just just acting differently. Um, it can be its way of trying to tell you that you need something. Um, yeah. Definitely. I love that. <laughs> so um, the last question wanted to ask was is there anything that you wish you'd known before going into birth either of the births 
um, or any advice you have for first-time mums that you would say, you know, maybe look into this or this could really help you or anything like that, just so people can experience maybe a more empowered birthing experience and really hold themselves and really have that, yeah, empowered feeling for themselves and for their journey. Um, I think probably my biggest bit of advice is you write the story. Like you're the person who decides how how the experience was. You know, like for me, I can either choose to look at it as a negative experience or as an incredible positive experience. Um, and I think both times, both different ways, both you know, not ideally what I'd planned, um, but definitely incredible in my own experiences that I would never have had the opportunity to have if I hadn't, like, I know what it's like now inside an operating theatre, which is just, you know, an incredible, like, it was actually an incredible experience. It was like being in a movie set and it was something I was so scared about and I was so anxious for. And it was, it was amazing and it wasn't anything like I thought it was going to be. And I had all those moments of like, this is your baby. And, you know, and at the end of it, you, you get a little baby out of it. And, you know, and you, you kind of forget how, what you went through. Um, but also it's part of what you've given to your child. It's part of, um, you went through all of that to, to bring them into the world kind of thing. And yeah, and I think no matter which way you do it, no matter if it doesn't go exactly how you want it to go, it's all amazing. It's all part of part of the process. Um, but I think, like in terms of advice, I would probably say, like, do have a little look at breathe and have a little look at those techniques, tap into that side of you. Think about things that are going to make you feel good in that moment or calm in that moment. Um, whether that's comedy, whether it's like music, whether it's whether it's podcasts, whether it's um, you know, whatever it is do things that are going to make you feel good and make you feel happy and yeah and sometimes the silliest things like the fluffy socks and the you know and the Uno cards and the, the silly things uh what brings man to your face when you think about them afterwards um so yeah like just enjoy it because you're only gonna go through it a few times in your life um or obviously if you like me like <laughs> just keep going <laughs> yeah but you know like enjoy it enjoy it for what it is and even though right now we're in a crazy time and it's scary and it, you know, there's there's a lot of, you might have to be on your own. You're not going to be on your own for the actual birth, you know, as soon as you get to four sentences, which can be quite quick or it can take a little bit longer. Um, but as soon as you get to four sentences, you should be transferred to a delivery room if you choose to go um, down the hospital route. Or obviously if you're at home, then it, it's a completely different experience. Um, but yeah like it's you, you're only going to be on your own briefly and all of the staff are super aware of the fact that you're on your own so they are a lot more helpful a lot more attentive um they do come in a lot more because they know that you haven't got your birthing partner there with you um so yeah just just try your best to, to enjoy it and to treat it as a little relax get some sleep if you can because you won't get much of it after <laughs> <laughs> amazing thank you so much for coming on thank you for sharing your stories and yeah inspiring but no you weren't waffling you're inspiring but you're a super mom you've just breastfed through the whole of this podcast um amazing. mom juggling yeah amazing no thank you so much and yeah i think it's really important people 
hear the positive side of belly birth for the positive side of when things don't exactly go to plan and yeah just hearing from someone else's experience so thank you so much thank you thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the way of the womb podcast if this episode resonated with you and if you enjoyed this episode please take a screenshot and share this on your social media tag me at beck wallace birth keeper and drop me a message let me know how you found it and if you feel called please feel free to leave a review it just helps other people to find the podcast so that we can build community and gather together thanks so much sending all the love